Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boys, Connor. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> and Benny. Hello there. <laughs> welcome to episode 145 of our weekly podcast, a.k.a. the coronavirus edition. Oh, it's sweeping the world. It's sweeping the movie world. And that's what we like to talk about on this podcast, movies. <clears throat> and it, it's it's coming in like a tidal wave. We're going to be talking about uh, productions that have been affected. We're going to be talking about release dates that have been affected. We're going to be talking about the cinema industry as a whole, streaming. Plus, at the end, we've also got a few questions. Uh, sorry, we've got a few questions as well from a few a few of you that we're just going to incorporate in the whole discussion. So... Uh, this is going to be a really interesting episode. It's we only briefly touched on coronavirus at the end of last week's episodes, and uh, it's amazing to see in just a week how it's uh, it's just taken the world by storm. The dominoes are falling. But before we get into all that, let's start things on a happier note and talk about what we've watched this week. Benny, I'm going to share with you a film that I watched this week, and you're going to be really cross with me. Uh oh. I watched Candyman. Yeah. And it was fucking amazing. Wow. I'm so angry. Why would he be cross? Because we were supposed to watch it together. Oh, were we? Yeah. Son of a gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> um, you'd watch that again, wouldn't you? 100%. Sounds like you would. How cool was it, eh? Incredible. Like, it's amazing. You know, we've got a Bloodshot review, the new Vin Diesel film up uh, now, so you can go check that out. But um, it's amazing to see... Uh, just how race is treated and how gender is treated in that film from 1993, like really, really progressive past the Bechtel <clears throat> test has a, has a really interesting female protagonist. It's just really mindful about that kind of stuff. It feels ahead of its time in a lot of ways, even just the basic premise of being a horror movie about urban legends and examining that is so interesting it's it's really fantastic i was absolutely blown away by this film I knew you and it's there. like an instant classic for me uh, now were you like me and were pretty damn pleased as of like the opening shot of the film oh like the way it's like flying over chicago with that philip glass score and then like all the bees philip and glass's score is just incredible it's amazing it? right? yeah he really adds a whole it wouldn't be as good of a film without his input no solid two weeks i pumped that soundtrack <laughs> just walking around uh Across the board, just a fantastic film. Um, yeah, what can I say? Came for the new it, one, and, and it made me it made me sort of reassess the trailer. It does look vastly different. The new one, yeah. Mm. So we're going in a completely mm. different direction here. That I'm not sure. It, well, let's let, listen. It I'm would, open to whatever. From from what what it sounds like, it would be very weird if this movie just mimicked the movie or the original because the original seems ahead of its time it seems like it's you know trying to kind of push the boundaries of of its commentary so you'd almost expect this one to at least try and do the same or at least take it in a, in a different enough way that it adds something to the uh i guess the franchise or, or the name in general because i mean that's that's something that i always find with adapt uh, adaptations of movies or sorry no more specifically remakes of movies um, which is this is a sequel. Just it's a, I mean, but I mean, like it, it, it in 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 essence, right? Um, you know, taking something from thirty years ago and essentially redoing it or continuing the story, whatever it is. I feel like you need to provide something that is, you know, more than just updated technology. 
Um, I don't really see the value in, um, in just, you know, putting a, a shinier look on something and then just saying, give us your money. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think a film that did it really well was Halloween. I think that had an updated look, but it had a few new ingredients <clears throat> while still knowing the source material and understanding why people enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, I hope they, I hope they nail it in the same manner here. Because the ending of Halloween took, oh, sorry, the ending of Halloween, the en- ending of Candyman took me by surprise. Hmm. Um, it went some pretty wild places, and I wonder how this will be able to weave into that, and how on the nose it'll be referencing those certain beats, hmm. or is it just going to cast certain details aside? Yeah, I'm, I really hope they do it justice. Because from what I've heard, the the actual or the original two sequels to Candyman did not. Yeah, I heard they're terrible. Probably leave them alone. Yeah, I'm going to leave them behind. Mm. And then I also, like everyone else, like the lemming I am, <laughs> every oh, man I, I am, exactly I watch Contagion. <laughs> and, uh, but you know what? Here's the beauty of it. I add that little George cherry on top. I fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> Boom shakalaka. These guys will attest to that. These guys are going to be the best part of a decade. And they know one of my favorite pastimes is falling asleep halfway through a film <laughs> mm. and contagion got the service, but it was still awesome. And it's, um, it's, uh, what a glowing recommendation. It's, uh, <laughs> I love no, no, falling asleep is not any, um, <laughs> it's an it, indictment on you, it, not, it, on yeah, 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 not on the movie. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but it's still, it's, it's very well handled and it seems like it's a drama. It's, it's not an action film. It's sort of examining the scenario unfolding and, Whilst the 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 illness in Contagion is far more extreme mm. than coronavirus, um, it's uh, it's a re- it's really well done. I, I enjoy Steven Soderbergh's. Yeah, I was about to say it's kind of a, a a what if, but I guess now it's more of a what is, because um, like you said, it's definitely more severe. But the way things kind of pan out and um, exponentially roll over the world is seems pretty familiar now. In many ways, that's kind of our undoing undoing with this one. Because if it was more severe, like if it was more like if it presented earlier and it had like the consequences were higher, um, it would have probably been a lot easier to contain and people would have probably taken it a lot more seriously. Instead, we have delayed movies. Oh, well. Benny, you watched a few things in the cinema Um, for maybe the last time ever. I did. As we're going to discuss, box office is well down this week, but that didn't stop me from watching five movies in the theater. Jesus. Um, One of them, of course, being Bloodshot. Check out our review because it's possibly going to be the only thing in cinemas for a while um i also watched out uh in fabric that um mm-hmm. horror film from the festival circuit last year about the killer dress is kind of the the elevator pitch for it um it was not what i was expecting um i didn't know what i was expecting necessarily in a good way or a bad way but it wasn't it it um it was very interesting um <laughs> just an answer not, not, not not in a bad way it's just it, it, it's a very specific film. It is a note-perfect um, modern version of a giallo uh, film, which is just essentially like 70s Italian horror, um, like Suspiria or something. Um, like, it is unbelievably right. spot on. It could be from the 70s down to the color of the blood in the film. It's It's amazing how accurate it is. Um, now, I haven't really delved into that genre too far myself, so maybe this wouldn't be as effective for me as it would be for someone who really loves that stuff. But I have watched the original Suspiria, um, and I was very impressed with this, how it captured that. Um, and it was just a really interesting film at the same time. Very distinct look in that 
in those uh yeah in that genre yeah gorgeous movie amazing soundscape um quite niche okay uh, i watched um queen and slim the new i didn't um, think that was out yet daniel well, kaluuya film yeah um that looks hectic basically as they say in the trailer black bonnie and clyde um yeah we reviewed the trailer a while ago we all thought it Do looked you remember pretty this great one, Oh, I can't. <laughs> Eyes glazed over. No. It's uh, the one where um, I don't remember half the trailer. Yeah, so no. Much. In the trailer, they get pulled over by two, uh, like a black guy and a black woman get pulled over by a police officer. I think they end up either beating him or, or killing him or something like that, and then they kind of go on the run. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah he's yeah. a he's a real asshole cop, and they end up shooting him and killing him, and uh, having to go on the run, becoming um, almost celebrity criminals in the process. How'd that one turn out? Uh, it was good. It was um, amazingly well made. It reminded me almost of a like a Steve McQueen film, um, which is a pretty high compliment from me. I think it may be... Like maybe, new Steve McQueen or old Steve yeah. McQueen? New, definitely new Steve <laughs> new McQueen. Steve the McQueen. only Steve McQueen you will ever <laughs> hear me reference on this show. Um, sorry, any fans of the, the actual... Do you know like the old I haven't McQueen? seen a single film um, from him. You I've got, seen, never I've seen, seen the Escape? part of the car chase from Bullet. That's it. What, The Great Escape? Nope. Um... Uh, so yes, this is really cool. I think it might have been a little uh, overlong, maybe a little bloated, um, but really like, beautifully made, um, very handsome film, um, and a, a really kind of emotional movie as well. Um, so I, I recommend that as well, kind of a soft recommend. Can I just um, just say something to Connor's point about me glazing over with trailers? I in the blood in Bloodshot. There's something like there's a lot of stuff that's revealed in the trailer. Mm. I totally forgot about. That's awesome. And then in the in the movie it happens, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. That's exactly what happened because I've seen the trailer." That is a great way to watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, next, I saw Takashi Miike's new film, First Love. Um, another trailer we looked at. Sorry, George, I'm talking to Connor now. Um, <laughs> this basically looked like Japanese lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Yeah. And my God, it fucking was. And it was brilliant. Really? I really, really, really enjoyed this film. Um, it was hilarious and gruesome and dramatic and thrilling. Um, just a, a, a wonderful film. Takashi Miike, I, I only looked this up after watching it. He's made 103 films. Wow. Which is Shut up. Fucked up. Yeah. Has he really? I've seen one of them before this one. So I'm up to two out of 103 now. 2%. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, I guess I'm no expert, but this is as good a place to start as any, I think. Um, and I also had the absolute pleasure of seeing a Clockwork Orange on a 35mm film, um, which I had not watched in a good few years. And I realized while watching it, only really remembered as a series of moments uh, and scenes and imagery and seeing it all kind of play out on the big screen for the first time was um, a wonderful experience. And it's it, great to cross off another um, Kubrick for the big screen. It has been a long time since I've watched that film. And I think that at least the first time, or probably the last time I watched it, I was probably too young to really appreciate what was going on. Mm. And I find that to be such a shame. And I don't know, like, I don't know how you'd fix it. You kind of want to expose younger people to great cinema. But at the same time, I feel like you run the risk of alienating them from great cinema because um, things like that are either confusing or they, you know, the pacing isn't right and, and, and kids can really easily get bored or um, shit like that. So just to clarify, don't show a clockwork orange to any kids. please. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's very good. And, and, and I was probably mid teens or late teens when I watched clockwork yeah. orange, but even then you don't really appreciate the kind of um, what's really going on in that. No, how can you? That's why you get really excited when they show like fast forwarded sex scenes, and you're like, "That was awesome." 
<laughs> Fast forwarded tits, great. Uh, <laughs> Who's speeding it up? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I just remember how dark, how, how like nihilistic that film felt to me the first time I saw it. Mm. Really. Mid-teens philosopher George. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Wrote in my journal that yeah, night. Yeah. <laughs> Dear diary, <laughs> I just can't today. Yeah. <laughs> Dear diary, mood. <laughs> 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 Uh, um, and yeah, I, that's enough for me. I probably watched a bunch of stuff on TV, but yeah, um, wow. yeah. good was week. Was that five? That was five. Yeah. Oh, probably. Really, really good week. Fantastic. Last week ever at the cinema, Connor. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of like tying up loose ends. Um, except the review we meant to do this week. Yeah, except for the <laughs> review. That I was meant to watch Bloodshot and it just, it fucking just right over How my head. How could you forget about Vin Diesel's Bloodshot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed the, the cinemas didn't show anything anymore. I was just like, ah, fuck it. Next you're going to tell us you didn't even realize there was a new Morbius trailer this week. <laughs> that one was not on me. you got to get on the ball, mate. Uh, there's a lot of people now just like typing. Like, what? <laughs> there's no new um, Morbius trailer. Sorry no, to disappoint. So <laughs> I finished uh, Rami, um, which mm-hmm. is that uh, A24 Stan um, series. Uh, basically, so last week... I said that I had uh, gotten most of the way through Rami and Castlevania, and then I would report if anything happened in the last couple episodes that was noteworthy, and nothing really happened noteworthy in Castlevania. But Rami, that that series got real fucking weird real quick. Um, and it was one of those things where you're kind of, like, I just, there was a lot I really loved about the last couple episodes, but it, it was getting into that cringeworthy territory where I'm, I don't like that kind of comedy where you can see that the person's making the wrong choice or the embarrassing choice, and you're just kind of sitting and be like, ah, don't do it, it's weird, don't... And um, So yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it, it, like I'm disappointed with the ending, but it just it, it seemed to me to take a very weird kind of left turn last three episodes, I'd say. Hmm. Um, still uh, very beautiful in parts, still very funny in other parts, um, very, uh, you know, if you're uh, of Middle Eastern descent, probably very relevant. Um, uh, so I've been told as we all are, of as we all are. Yeah. <laughs> They're around. Um, really resonated with me. Yeah. <laughs> I get, I get a very little, like a, a small yeah. amount of exposure to that. And you know, what I've been exposed to seems to ring true for this one. I was just like, Oh, it's, you know, that's actually not just a, a family thing. If that's the truth like, fits. yeah, I was just like, Oh, that, that's like <laughs> that's a everyone. Thing. Okay. I gotcha. All right. I see now. Yeah. Um, so I finished that off. Um, I also started, um, uh, sorry, no, I also finished off um, Fallen Order, which is not a movie, but it is a Star Wars game. Um, You've been chipping away at that one for a while. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, just kind of playing here and there, and I finally kind of finished off the, the I w- campaign. I wouldn't be able to maintain my skill level in that game for that long, I think. Oh my God, right? It's a hard it's, game. <laughs> it's, it is genuinely difficult. I marathoned it, and I, I got really stuck towards the end. Yeah, and there was a couple of things that happened towards the end where I was like, oh my God, if I had known that, I, this would have been so much easier. Like, it, you know, for anyone that's played it, there's a bunch of like, um, like health things that you can get if you explore the maps. But oh, if man. you just try and go through, then you end up fighting these like bosses with like two health things, little canisters. And it's like fucking impossible. And then you get to the end, like, and you explore a little bit more. You're like, I could have had these fucking like 12 more health canisters. God damn. Here we go, guys. PSA, use health in a video game. (laughs) Novel ideas. But um we're a gamer podcast now. (laughs) So so far as it is actually relevant to what we talk about, um, in terms of like I guess Star Wars lore and 
adding a, a chapter into the Star Wars saga. I'm not a huge fan of, um, you know, exploring the current timeline, like the Skywalker saga. Um, yeah, yeah. Although I do yeah. make, an I'm, <laughs> about to, I'm about to make an exception. Let's just keep it, you know, just cool your pants for two seconds. Um, however, exploring that in different cool mediums, your <laughs> cool your pants, <laughs> <laughs> chill your farm, cool your beans. Um, chill my farm. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving to Alaska. <laughs> um, you know, as far as like kind of exploring those little gaps in other mediums, so like comics, novels, or um, games, I'm actually not that opposed to it. And and this is a perfect example of why, which, you know, it doesn't really affect the movies. You don't have to play this. It doesn't, you know, give you insight into things, you know, that make more sense of the movie, but it does create uh, a sense that this world is a little bit more lived in. Um, and I, where they did touch on um, existing characters, um, it ranged from, you know, sort of awkward to downright cool um which i really appreciated um i thought that was uh, i thought that was very interesting so one of my most surreal video game experiences is just like playing a star wars game and suddenly forrest whitaker shows up it's like hang on <laughs> yeah that one that, that that's probably the one that i was thinking it was a little bit more awkward i didn't it dislike like, it it was just like yeah it's like, just you very different to, to like, like the, the PlayStation One days. You know, you yeah. would play Inspire of the Dragon, and then suddenly fucking Al Pacino walks in. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually how we got to start. Funnily enough, I really wish I could play that game. <laughs> Alas, I only play Nintendo. Yeah, till the day. Because he's the law. He has a PlayStation Four and an Xbox, but he just yeah. refuses. Um, <laughs> just very quickly, two other things. Um, I started Undone. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I'm, I think, one, two episodes in. and What's Undone? I am so... We did watch the trailer for that. Rosa Salazar, um, Rotoscope. Rotoscope. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Amazon Prime series. Yes, yes, um, yes. I, this, this is really spectacular. Isn't it I'm, amazing? I'm so much in love with this series. And I love how... And you mentioned this, Ben. The first episode doesn't even really delve into the whole... Sci-fi, no, fa no fantastical yeah. sci-fi stuff. And it's great already. Yeah. Right? No, it's really fantastic. And yeah. it kind of delves into... Um, the narrative of someone that believes that they're broken and, and kind of self-sabotaging and all that. So Thanks for really the recommendation, cool. Connor. Mate, anytime. Um, give it six months and he's going to come to us. <laughs> Guys, I found this great series. It's called Undone. It's <laughs> done in Rotoscope. Um, and finally, I came across this kind of phenomenon, which was that there were a bunch of my Australian friends that not only didn't know about, but also had never watched Willow, which yeah. to me is mind bending because that oh fuck me yep. both of you please tell me you're not recommending willow to people why because it's like in that like goonies never-ending story i grew up with this you have to see it how have you seen this and people sit down and be like what the fuck is wrong with this yeah guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh no you're you're probably not wrong about that i'm gonna have to I watch mean, it now i'll let you know <laughs> uh well i mean <laughs> i know sorry watching it was yeah, actually, the more I think about it, don't don't watch it. Um, <laughs> no, for me, that is such an iconic piece of my childhood. So is Ridley Scott, Val Kilmer? Uh, no. Um, uh, 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 oh shit! You've just you've you've. Oh, I'm thinking of Legend. Yeah, it's it is Val Kilmer. Matt um, Mardigan. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Ron thank Howard. You. Um, uh, Ron Howard. Val, Val Kilmer. That's right. This is Lucas George Lucas. They bring out the TV series, right? 
Are they really? Yeah, they're bringing out a Willow TV series or a Willow I was literally movie. about... Uh, th- th- all right, that kind of speaks to what I wanted to talk about after this. But this is a movie that is... Uh, I, w- I was trying to think about um, movies that should be remade um, and kind of reworked. And this is one of the ones that I felt should never be touched because <laughs> it is such a piece of its time. It is stupid but genuine at the same time. And it kind of m- makes me fall in love with it all over again. Um, the movie is genuinely funny. Um, both in, uh, you know, in the sense that it tried to be funny and it, and it, you know, succeeded also in areas where it is, I I don't think it tried to be funny, but is downright hilarious. Um, you know, the, the whole, like there, there's some plot points in this, particularly around the romance with Val Kilmer. Mm. Um, that is probably the most contrived and ridiculous, um, you know, set of events ever to grace a screen probably not ever but like it's it's up there um basically like he reads poetry and this the you know woman just like falls in love with him and i'm like oh cool we're just you know ignoring character development um but yeah just you know i i, I kind of want to recommend it to people just to see what people think of it coming out of you know coming out of it mm. i guess i'd, not I'd having... like to give it a go not in like a a spiteful way <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, you compared idiot. to princess bride I would say somewhat similar. Um, I was thinking that. Princess, again, Princess Bride is one that I grew up with, so I'm not able to really look at it from the point of view of someone that didn't grow up with it. Because I didn't grow up with that, and I thought it was fucking amazing. But I was also kind of vicariously experiencing it through Ash, my wife, who was watching it for the first time on the big screen. So there's definitely a little bit of that that she loves it. I also think that Princess Bride is a bit more of a timeless... No, I was gonna say it's more of like a like it's it's a tighter film, right? There's okay. less about yeah. it that I would be able to pick apart. I didn't grow up with it, and I did not like it very much when I saw it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just I feel like it's pretty endearing. The movie kind of is self-aware enough mm. that any of those moments that seem kind of schlocky are meant to be like that. It's clever. It's definitely um, clever. Whereas this one, I don't think that as many moments that end up being kind of like ooh we're meant to be like that um um one of our earliest questions of the week on this show was who would win in a fight between i believe aragon and mad mardigan and i don't think any of us could answer it at the time do you have an answer for us now ah uh, it's <laughs> a great throwback yeah well i i did not re- no i don't have an From answer for that I, aragon's got- special skills include kicking helmets yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like nothing, like God. If I had, it really depends on what the metrics that you're running <laughs> with. Like, if someone says he's the greatest swordsman alive, am I taking that on like what he's meant to be in this world, or mm. like if I looked at him swinging around a sword, being like, oh, he's bad at this, <laughs> <laughs> and then like look at someone who obviously went through a lot more stunt work and like be you know like Aragorn or, or um, Viggo Mortensen and be like oh he's like good at this but no one ever looked at Oregon uh, Oregon <laughs> looked at Aragorn, Aragorn. Mad Madigan versus Oregon <laughs> state of Oregon <laughs> entire state of Oregon state of um, legal yeah. case <laughs> uh, no one looked at Aragorn and, and like gave him the the moniker of like oh the greatest swordsman so in Middle Earth. I don't know, man. Who That's, would win? It's a, Come on, say dude. it. I can't. Well, give me the, give me the, give me the parameter. That's what I'm asking. Like two so dudes in a. If pit. Val Kilmer went up against Viggo Mortensen With as their sword. characters, no, no. Oh, Viggo Mortensen would fuck him up. There we no, go. No, Mad Mardigan versus Aragorn. You son of a bitch! You're really gonna make me answer this? Answer it. 
I mean, it's, it has to be answer it. It has to be Mad Morgan simply because okay. his character is like the greatest swordsman. There we go. Around. We've answered Perfect. one of the age-old questions of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know. Perfect. Uh, all right, is that it for you? Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> All right, well, we have got a lot to get through, so bear with me while I kind of roll out the news that just poured out day after day this week. Yeah, so you're going to lay it out top to bottom, <clears throat> and then we're just going to kind of talk it out. Discuss it, yeah. So obviously last week um, we heard about um, James Bond getting thrown back, and we kind of speculated where the industry was going to go from here. And so we've heard the production has been shut down on The Batman, Jurassic World 3, uh, Shang-Chi, The Little Mermaid, and uh, every live-action Netflix uh, TV show and movie, um, New Mutants, Mulan, Fast and Furious 9, A Quiet Place Part 2, and a whole bunch of others have been removed from international re- release schedules entirely. Um, I think James Bond was the only one that got an actual delayed date. Everything else is just we don't know at this point. Um, America has had the worst weekend box office uh, totals in just over 20 years, I think. Um, which is unsurprising, but really horrible to hear. And uh, Disney is releasing The Rise of Skywalker and Frozen 2 to Disney Plus three days and three months early, respectively, um, while Universal is to release several current current theatrical titles to streaming uh, this month, uh, including The Invisible Man, Trolls 2, Emma, and The Hunt. Um, regarding that, I've just got the Universal CEO, Jeff Shell here saying, rather than delaying these films or releasing them into a challenged distribution landscape, we wanted to provide an option for people to view these titles in the home. We hope and believe that people will still go to the movies in theaters where available, but we understand that for people in different areas of the world, that is increasingly becoming less possible. Um, so Hollywood has been shut down. At yeah. This point. And, and well, just quickly, it's been great. And just quickly, Jake, uh, Jake Travakis and Nick BD, you guys sent us two questions around coronavirus that we think we, we thank you for those questions, but we think we're going to answer them within the, this whole yeah. discussion. We've dedicated a whole episode to your questions. You've won the prize. <laughs> there you go. You've won the cake. Um, so where do right, you want to start? Let's, well, let's start at the beginning, um, with at least with the beginning with our stories, which was that uh, production has shut down the Batman dress world. Like all the, all the productions that are being shot now are shutting down. So this is just precautionary stuff. This is happening in every industry in the world, pretty much. Um, yep. People working from home where possible. Uh this is probably the least of this news. There's no word on whether these movies will still meet their release dates or not. I suspect a lot of them will. Some of them just seem to be down for a couple of weeks. Um, in the case of Shang-Chi, the director is actually in self-isolation, Dan- Daniel Destin Cretton. Um, I don't think he's um, got it necessarily, but he has a young child, so that's just I mean, it's, precautions. It's, you know, we, we can assure everyone that the Hollywood elite are not immune because both Tom Hanks and Idris Elba, as far as I'm aware, and Tom are, Hanks's wife, Rita Wilson. Yeah. Also, I only just found out this week that Tom Hanks is married to Wilson. How amazing is that? I did not even. I didn't <laughs> piece that together. What Fucking well done. Um, so yeah, I think that this is actually probably the ideal time to have this kind of. Um, it, it, I mean, if you have the option of uh, delaying a release date versus delaying a production. Um, I can't help but feel that it's going to cost you less money to delay production. So we're not the experts on this necessarily, but Shang-Chi, apparently $300,000 per day while this is delayed. Son of a bitch. Now, No Time to Die, we said last week, it was a $30, 30 million, million loss on the delay for release. So this is just really bad all round for these yeah, movies. Yeah, no kidding. But overall... 300000 that's intense. 
this is affecting Netflix the least out of anyone here purely because of the distribution channel is disrupted mm. and and maybe even amplified Actually, due to the gonna fact be, that everyone's going to be at home. They're going to well, be doing well, yeah. It's better on two fronts. One, you'll probably have more people using Netflix, but yep. also two, you're going to have, and this kind of touches on a story that we'll, we'll come to a little bit later, but you're going to have um, uh, distributors or, or uh, production companies looking to streaming services to purchase their material so that they can get it off um, or get it out via a different platform. Mm. So I reckon that, you know, Paramount has uh, a strategy where, you know, they're looking to Netflix to take any number of their yeah, films often. off their hands. Like that's, I mean, I watched the um, uh, studio round table that they had, uh, that they put out like two weeks ago. And the Paramount guy was basically like being like, uh, Netflix, you know, hopefully we could just keep selling shit to you for the rest of our lives. Like he was, he was sitting pretty, everyone else was going to oh, Netflix. And he's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting on the train. Mm. Um, so I, I, I think that Netflix will, will um, benefit from this and that they will get some, probably some decent properties. Um, you know, we, we talked about universal um, releasing um, a lot of these properties early. Um, I imagine that they'll be doing deals with Netflix to do that. So, so they'll be recouping some of their losses, yeah. At least, but um, I was reading some speculation today, which you know this could be the wildest thing in the world. But apparently, an industry analyst has said that um, Apple could potentially look to absorb Disney in this because of how this has really fucked up their their stocks. So, wow. there's something very interesting about Apple, mm. um, which is that they have, they have cash. an absolute absurd amount of cash, like liquid cash. Yeah, like this is this is the kind of thing you know they they closed down all the retail stores, right? Which is actually For two fucking weeks, ridiculous. Right? Um, if you think about the cost incurred on that, and they've got a yeah. lot of online sales, they've got other channels, but still, that's a big chunk of money. And I think they're, you know, I don't want to misquote anyone, but I'm pretty sure they're pl- paying their employees for that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I which, think that's good a, on Apple. That's a really but, good point because like if you if you look at like a company like this or, or any company valuation, 500 million, let's say, that's 500 million in value of assets. And what do those assets often comprise of? It's often liquid cash is a very, very small percentage well, of it. it's shares, it's debt, it's like all these kind Vehicles, of things that as long as the economy is going other, well. And, and then Apple... They're like a, a, an absolutely. They've got a whole I different think a strategy. Truth. Uh, I think uh, it was 2017 because I was talking about this the other day, and and I, f- I found um, a stat. Uh, don't quote me too heavily on this, but it was roughly a couple of years ago. It was roughly around 250 billion dollars in cash. Right. Which that's I, unheard of. It's like it's so absurd. It hurts, and I keep thinking that I'm misquoting that, and maybe mm-hmm. I am, but like. Even if you take off a zero off that, $25 billion is still fucking absurd. Well, supposedly, um, according to this analyst, and I don't necessarily even understand this, but he said that um, Disney's market cap has dropped by $85 billion in the past month or something. That would make sense. Which is, yeah, fucking insane. Because their market cap would largely be comprised of their share price. Mm. And, I mean, what, the Dow Jones went down like 12% last, like yesterday, I think. It was one of the largest drops they've had in almost 100 years. Um like, I mean... Got to say, Bob Iger fucking chose an amazing time. I was thinking that, shit. right? Like, I'm piecing out. <laughs> what did he know that we didn't? Yeah. What's the other guy's <laughs> name? Bob it, something? He's never had to do it since day one. Bob mm. Hackett? No. <laughs> What's the other the guy that stepped up? The other Bob. Oh, yeah. Bob two. Um, Bob Bob number two. <laughs> Wasn't he previously in charge of... Uh, Parks. 
parks, yeah, and the park is closed. So I guess he's jumping ship at the yeah, right time as well. He's, he's also jumped ship. He's like, I fucking leave you guys for two minutes, and it's already closed. Yeah, slightly off topic, but um, Disneyland closed for the fourth time in history. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, yeah. nuts. Um, which is silly. So yeah, look, I if there's anyone, I reckon give it six months, and Apple's going to be just going, mmm, tasty, and they're going to start picking off things for acquisition because mm. they they can do that, right? They yeah. can cover their they can probably cover their own losses in cash alone, and then some to go and um, to to go acquire other companies, it's it's kind of silly. Um, um, I f- I feel like at this point the only really major blockbuster coming up that we haven't heard any movement on is Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cause, sticking strong because I said last night last week when Bond got moved, I was like I was surprised it wasn't Widow and F nine because they seem like more likely um for that, but uh, F nine did <laughs> eventually move despite Vin Diesel's saying saying it wouldn't. Um, but Black Widow supposedly. Do you think? What do you think is going to happen with I it? Bob Iger whole... is going to purchase, or Bob too actually is going to purchase every second seat in the theater <laughs> to give them some social distancing, mm. um, and they're going to go ahead. I had a whole theory on this that you know they might even th- this could be a whole paradigm shift. This coronavirus could really wipe out uh, 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 and change the cinema industry it, it forever. Will. Um, and this, there could be a lot of casualties along the way. And, you know, could this be, you know, quick thinking on Disney's behalf, saying, pivoting and saying, we're going to release Black Widow on Disney Plus. I think and try definitely and drive a bunch of subscribers to that and really get the value proposition to a much better place. Cause I'm out of Disney plus right now. I'll be jumping back. But on if, 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 100%. if, if Black Widow's there, boom, I'm on that shit. Yeah, so and, and 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 at the cost and, of a ticket, if you think about it, that I mean, they could be raking in in just subscribers alone. And you know, and like a family, for example, a family, you know, uh, you know, two twelve-year-old old kids, mum and dad going to the cinema. That's a hundred, hundred fifty bucks. Oh, we just got to get Black Widow at home. Oh, we're just going to sign up to Disney Plus eight ninety nine. You know, we've got popcorn from the fucking ration center that's going to be set up in a couple of weeks. I think, Sorry, bad joke. But, I think um, this is it for theaters. Not necessarily entirely. I think a lot of chains will survive, but I think so many independents are going to go under from this and they're not going to be able to stand back up. Um, with Universal having pulled the trigger on releasing current films straight to streaming, um, which I mentioned they're doing with stuff like Invisible Man, um, apparently at a $20 price tag, which like you said, compared to a ticket is a bit much compared to four tickets because you can watch it at home with a bunch of people is nothing. Yep. Um, I, what are they releasing it on again? Sorry. Uh, I don't know what they're on, releasing it on. It'll be on iTunes. So it'll be on the right. iTunes store. Yeah. So I think um, I absolutely think Black Widow is going to probably release uh, definitely on streaming. I think it might be like a co-release with cinemas as well for people who want to yep. do that. But um I guess the only question is, do you think they're going to slap a price tag on it? Do you think they're going to release it just to Disney Plus? Because I, I think if with they're going to play this for as much money as they can. Mm. Since Universal is going this route, I think a lot of people are going to go this route, but they're charging a lot for it. So I can't see them doing it for free. The short-term free. play would be to put it onto iTunes and whatnot mm. and try and rake in as much cash as possible. The long-term play would be driving as many subscribers to Disney Plus, and as I said, get that value proposition to a way better spot because I didn't think I was going to cancel Disney Plus, and I did. Mm. And I'm waiting until the next Marvel TV show yeah. turns up. And when is that? 
I don't fucking know, October or some shit. Delayed, apparently. Yeah. So, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier got So then back. the next thing is what, Mandalorian in October? Maybe. You know, yeah, so, I have so I guess they wrapped on that. So that, they? They, they could get me for maybe another six months if they bring Black Widow out early. I mean, they, they, maybe. I mean, right now, the problem with Disney+, Plus, this is Corona aside, um, is that they'll, they'll draw you in with one property, right? Like a movie or something like that. They don't have the rolling door, don't they? That's what Netflix has. They just, it's just like jab, jab, jab. They've just like, there's more content. Well, particularly, Netflix was really fortunate because when it had it, like when it was originally releasing all its, you know, self produced content, it was also the, the, the novelty of that platform that was keeping people on it, right? Hey, you can watch series that you know, you don't have to watch ads for it. Like, I mean, if you think about why people originally subscribed to Netflix, it was because, not because of the content that they had on that platform, it was because of the platform. No one else was really doing streaming, certainly not in a way that, you know, not in the kind of way that Netflix was. Um, and so when they were just releasing, you know, House of Cards, they could keep you on because the platform, whereas now everyone has that kind of platform and what's keeping you there is the content and, yeah, maybe how the platform works. Like if there's a shitty UI for the platform, I'm, I'm pretty hesitant to you I you'll hate bail. bad UI. You and your UI. Yeah, I know, right? You <laughs> um, up every episode, don't you? Every episode that I can. Because it's just <laughs> flipping hate when they don't get it right. Um, Hurts my brain. Got to get you a spin-off <laughs> podcast to get out of your yeah. system. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Reviewing, like, uh, reviewing so, streaming UI. <laughs> That's niche enough to work, I reckon. Yeah. Nobody steal that idea. Believe yeah, that. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Disney right now, I think on an elevator pitch, like if I were to tell you, hey, you can just watch all of Disney's catalog, that is enough to get you interested. But when you actually look at it in front of you, and it's not the entirety of Disney's catalog, and you're just kind of like, yeah, eh, not really. That, yeah, so that's why the situation could be really so good for Disney+, Plus because if they're releasing day and date, Mulan, Black Widow, um, whatever else they have onto that. Um, New Mutants wouldn't be on there, but they could chuck that on Hulu. I don't know what they do over here. Mm. Um, that would get people back in the door. And I think Possibly, yeah. Disney Plus has like a good month cooldown where you just leave it and don't yeah. cancel it yeah. <laughs> at least. You want to so see if they're like, releasing yeah. enough stuff, like you know, Netflix mm. has that constant flow, you'd be like, oh, there's only a week until that next thing comes out. I'll just keep it. Yeah. I think what's so interesting about this coronavirus in the movie industry is that it's sort of happening at this convergence point where there's so many things geared in a way for the whole, this coronavirus to really wipe out our whole industry, you know, unlike mm -hmm. a lot of other verticals, which will not go unscathed, but will, you know, in the next 12 months probably recover to, and in 24 months we'll recover to a decent spot let's hopefully let's let's say mm. but cinema industry we've got already declining you know numbers coming to the cinema we've got increasing in streaming we're in a in a in a um, society that's all about convenience it's all about the latest tech i mean look 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 what you just said Connie. you said we've got this plethora of every disney cartoon some of the most amazing um you know films have ever created eh because we're in a society of new shit we want new shit all the time mm. and i just feel like i mean the, the cinema industry in particular is just like it's kind of all geared to really fuck shit up like the fact that you've got to go physically to a place you know to to go experience it you know that's a huge part of the mechanisms 
of how the cinema industry works. It's just that doesn't work yeah. forever. See, I think this is a bit of a unique situation because, I mean, in a normal recession, let's say, it's more about, you know, do you feel confident spending money? Um, particularly if, like, you know, people who might not know where the next paycheck. This is a bit of a unique situation, which is like, you're actually betting with your health. Like, do I feel confident going out because, you know, I'm going to get sick or I'm going to get coronavirus? So I think that, it, you know, the, the downturn we're going to see is a lot more um, noticeable in the short term. Um, and then it kind of depends on what the market does after that. But I, I don't think that we'll lose the entire industry. I think that there's too much money to be made. And I still think that the cinemas are offering or some of some of the cinemas are offering enough of an experience that it will warrant people kind of still heading to the movies like i still enjoy going to the movies not nearly as much as i did before you know that might also be because i don't have as much time but um i i like that that, that cinemas are really kind of um uh, you know focusing more on the experience of going to a cinema I'd be really skeptical that once they really started pulling that thread of like new releases at home, that they could put that genie back in the bottle to mix metaphors. Um, I think that a lot of studios will move to that. What I think was we'll have a, a, like a, a thinning out of the herd. And I think that you're going to get some um, production studios that have been around for a very long time. I think that they will get acquired or that they will drastically um, change their, um, you know, their release strategy, stuff like that. Um, uh, but I think, you know, things like Disney, you know, Disney still has a very strong, um, you know, focus on theatrical release. You know, they are very much, um, uh, still feel that there is a market for that. And that is clearly shown by the fact that they raked in an enormous amount of money from that kind of distribution model last year. Well, to tie this into other concerns that we talked about a little while ago, we were discussing the repealing of a law that didn't allow um, production companies and studios to buy cinemas. Um, I think this could be the situation where someone like Disney swoops in and buys a bunch of failing cinemas, um, mm. which will have no other option in this situation, um, which, um, as we discussed in that conversation, I think is kind of a terrifying thought for the industry. But um, yeah, there, there are going to be massive changes, I think. But can you tell me, because you, you've changed your tune on that, so what... What cinema experience have you been to recently that was really great? Because you've always said cinemas need to up, uh, they need to uh, increase the experience yeah. and make it better. So now you're saying, oh, I, the cinemas all give a great experience. So no, when, no, no, when, no. All right, sorry. Maybe I should clarify. I'm not saying that's that what, all, that's what you just said, though. No, I'm not saying. I never said that all cinemas give a great experience. I'm saying I'm seeing cinemas give a better experience. So, so that's not all cinemas. That? Where, where are you seeing that? I mean, I've gone to the the our local cinema, and and there's clearly. A, a larger focus on bringing in um, kind of one-time event or like, you know, bringing in old uh, old film movies and like having um, repeats of existing movies. It's not just um, about... Isn't that programming though? Is that experience or programming? But I mean, that's part of it, right? Like, I mean, if, if, if your idea of a cinema is just, hey, here's all the new releases um, and, you know, you kind of put that forward, then that's like, all right, well, I can get the new releases on... Um, you know, I can get the new releases on my uh, Netflix account at home. But if you're putting it out there, hey, we've got this film that's shot on film is being shown from a projection. You, it, it is an experience that you will not get at home. Totally. 
then pop that's con, where popcorn taxi been doing that for 10 years yeah i mean that's something that i feel as though has merit and i think that there are certain cinemas that are leaning into that i mean there's a, a cinema up kind of north um i can't remember uh, what the name of it is um near north sydney that does um the room showings every yeah, month yeah and that's the kind of thing that i think that might help these cinemas kind of survive in an age where um they're streaming um i completely I, agree look, with I, you. I honestly i don't think that all the cinemas will survive this in fact i'd say that probably a good chunk of them won't um yeah you know. so i think we all agree about yeah, that. yeah 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 we're all on exactly the same page <laughs> yeah yeah um That's yeah nice to hear <laughs> the way that this is going to change the landscape is going to be massive um, I think there's a shift in so many other areas, not only just movies, but in terms of the way we are as a society and the way we treat healthcare and and and, and working from home. Everyone's going to be like, "This is pretty good. I'm not going back in." Yeah, peace out. <laughs> and the company's going to be like, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm glad to not be playing the overheads on the office and hey, if productivity stays." I think at you'd the be surprised because there's yeah. a lot of companies out there that have the capability of having people work from home very easily. Um, but don't do it. And there's a number of reasons why company companies don't. One is productivity, um, obviously. Other ones is that it's pretty expensive for companies to do that because, you know, you talk about not having the overheads, but they then have to think about, for example, liability of people working at home. And if you go and trip while you're making yourself making yourself a sandwich, that could be considered a workplace incident. Right. Um, I don't know so I, just, I can't make a joke around you without you spinning it off into a serious discussion about something. Can I? Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was literally talking to someone about it's, it the other day. He's spinning, spitballing about insurance. And stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. The liability, Ben. Yeah, it's yeah, insane. Yeah, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, are you guys across say, this? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not. Fine. Sign I these papers look, right I, now. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm not. But I also <laughs> think another angle to it is just like, being in a team, seeing each other day to day, being able to tap somebody on the shoulder and have a chat to them. You know, um, I work remotely with a lot of different teams across the world and there's just such a difference between, um, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to really describe, but the, it has nothing to do with movies. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with movies. <laughs> it has nothing to do with insurance either. <laughs> exactly. Your favorite like, topic. <laughs> Connor's insurance li- podcast. Liability for workers. Guys, it's, guys, it's, uh, Guys, we got within a month. <laughs> we got within on? a month of the theatrical release of the New Mutants. I, I know. Delayed for two full we years. So goddamn We got close. within a month of it. I now it's gone just indefinitely. Fucking, like give the give that just thing re- a break, man. Like just let send it a loose. DVD copy to everyone on Earth. Like, <laughs> who's that? With? Is that with Disney? Come on, put that it's, on. Yeah, put Fox. that on. Put that on Disney Plus. It's, like it's immediately. It's PG thirteen. They won't do it. But Hulu, I was, I was like, I was saying, I think they would. What do you mean they won't do it? They won't oh. put it on on Disney Plus. It's PG thirteen. It's too mature. You know, they is they, that a thing? They have a very specific way of delineating right. between what goes on their really family friendly platform and what goes that to Hulu. Sucks. And also, I don't think they would necessarily muddy the Disney waters with a Fox property like that. That's wild when you think about it. Except you know they've got Simpsons and stuff that on there. But yeah, that's a special case. God, that I, you know what that probably explains why I have little to no interest of keeping my Disney Plus subscription. Because yeah, you're an adult. When you <laughs> think, think of the demo it. and the way they're they're positioning it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Netflix. You can have there's like a, a Netflix dedicated kids, and mm. there's like you can have everything from kid friendly TV shows right up to fucking you know the Punisher, mm. the Marvel Punisher mm. series, which is not PG thirteen. Um. Yeah, that's, I mean, I didn't even think about that. That's wild. I really want to see that film. 
<laughs> You're so goddamn close. Just release it on Netflix or, or something. Like at this point, surely they are losing more money than they will ever recuperate by, you know, delaying it anymore. They can't, they, like, I mean, it's just sitting in a vault at this point. I don't think it's cost. They don't advertise it. They're not doing anything else. Well, then what's the, what's the, if they're not going to advertise it, if they're not going to put in the money to do that, what's then the point? what is the point? Just release it on streaming mm. for fuck's sake. Just release it in theaters <laughs> right now. Yeah, test the so waters. Cool. Just get it out <laughs> there. Give us something to get say. Get it out there, man. Come I mean, on. what, what cinema is going to buy that though? Because it I mean, costs cinemas money. To, everywhere's to... showing bloodshot right now. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> oh. um, so yeah, Bloodshot made what, like ten million in the US it's over the weekend, which is the the best. It was number one, I think. But that's just how bad th- th- there was. Like America had you know fifty million in total. So worst since nineteen ninety. Since uh, two thousand. Oh, two thousand. September two thousand. Wow. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, don't know why that I mean, would be. like that's what I mean. It's like there's there's all these things. Like maybe if. Maybe if Universal chose to not release Invisible Man, et cetera, on, um, you know, go direct to consumer online and, and bypass the, the the theaters, you know, maybe I'd be looking at this in a different way. But there's all these things just adding up, including the nobody wants to be around anyone. Nobody wants them coughing in their face in a cinema. Um, I didn't actually measure out how far I was from which. That's not very socially responsible. Of me. Yeah. We are so recording from a big plastic distancing. bubble at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> we are quarantined as... together. <laughs> it's going to be a long 14 yeah, days. We're, we, we will live stream this. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's like a chain reaction. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Hunt also is a funny situation from Universal because that yeah. obviously got delayed by, what, like six months because of the controversy surrounding... This film, because Donald Trump had a go at it on Twitter, um, they, man, I bet they wish they released it when they had the chance. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, bloody Invisible Man, though, they got in just in time. That oh, that's no, up to right? like 120 million globally, which and this will be perfect, time, right? For that like film. just keep the keep the yeah, because now going. there's enough good word of mouth and people can watch it at home. I almost want to pick it up and watch it again. Yeah. So, do you guys see yourself picking up any of these films for like uh, so 20 USD? Trolls two. That obviously. USD, boom. So maybe not these specific films, but this release method. Do you see 100%, yourself? Hundred percent, dude. Like part of the like problem thirty that bucks I have Australian is going actually out of the door and <laughs> yeah. watching in the cinema. Yeah, you know, if, I, if I, I like. I actually really like watching shit on my laptop in bed. Wow. And I, I, I've had some of my favorite movie experiences. In that scenario, so <laughs> presumably though, if you paid thirty dollars, you'd want to get naked, all right. You'd want a few more people with you. Is this how your viewing parties are going to be? Just <laughs> yeah, 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 with your laptop, us all huddled Everyone around. Comes in, we check them off, take derobe them, and yeah. uh, can't believe I paid five dollars for this. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit weird with that. Like, if I'm going to pay thirty dollars for a movie, it has to be pretty fucking spectacular, or something that I know that I'm going to rewatch, or that I have some kind this, of. These like, are rentals. 30 bucks for a rental? So this is 20, no, 20 USD for a I, rental. So you wouldn't I have people over that. to watch 20, a new movie that you can't catch in theaters? 20 bucks for a rental. I mean... 48 hours, yeah. So, so yeah, say Black ooh. Black Widow, something we're thoroughly more interested in. Say this Maybe Black Widow. Okay, tack. so, and then, and then once it sort of does the three-month cycle, then it would drop to the $5 or $7 rental. Pricing, uh, eventually, price it would be on Disney Plus if we're talking about Black Widow, obviously. Yeah, but we're talking about um, the other one. I'm I'm, to, I'm saying specifically Black Widow. I'm Black saying Widow. if we're talking about Black Widow, because I think movies are going to start going this way, um, 
take away the fact we run a podcast and have to see these things. Um, 30 bucks would be a bit steep for me. If I'm to be honest, I just, you know, cause I'd, I would absolutely, I would definitely do this if there wasn't the cinema option. This wouldn't be my preferred option, but I'd absolutely go, hey, thing, right? hey, you, 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 come over. I know you're interested in doing this. We'll each pay. Yeah, I'd be stoked to do that. And then would you be able to buy it as well and watch it on repeat? Or you only rent No, it's it? 30 bucks. It for says rental. A 48. It's only a rental. Interesting. Yeah. 48 hours. Yeah, I, I reckon because I don't really like owning. Oh, yeah. I don't give I a don't... shit about owning digital yeah, so, stuff. Boom. But it's, it's more about like if I'm going to pay $30. And I mean, I know that's a bit of a weird like sticking point for me, but. The you know you would me, be hard pressed to find one of these films though that wouldn't be on streaming by the time it comes to release though. And how much would it cost you to see it at the cinema? Twenty two bucks. Or let's say it's twenty two bucks, but then I'm I'm also paying for a screen that's about a hundred times larger than the one that I have at home. Mm. Um, better sound. The um, you know I quite enjoy being in that environment. So you're thoroughly in the camp of preferring the cinema experience. I mean, if I'm going to, he's such a contrarian. Man, how I, I was, that, I was just trying to clarify no, your point. No, you Where just, are you going? You just, you just I mean, we have the guy. We, we have the ga- guy here that, that loves. Advocate. No, it, it is. It's about all right. If you're going to give me a thirty dollar price point, because I'm saying if I'm we're talking just, about if we're talking about being at home, being all about convenience, I've got so much good content that I don't need to pay thirty dollars for. I find it really difficult to justify spending that kind of money to watch something at home, it, whatever it is, right? There are a couple of couple of movies, and they're usually movies, ironically, that I've already seen and that I know that I love and that I think I, I can justify to myself to own that I will pay that kind of money for. But, I mean, nothing shat me more than paying $25 for Foxtel. Fuck that noise. And if I didn't have to, um, if I hadn't had to have watched Watchmen for, um, for the podcast, there's no way I would have ever paid that price tag. Um, so you're not even entertaining the idea of bringing people over and splitting the fee. Yeah, look, if we got together and we spent thirty bucks for um, for um, uh, something like um, you know, like a Marvel property, yeah, mm. that that that's definitely something that I would be more keen on doing. You get six um, people though; it's five bucks each. Exactly, but which is less again, than I'm, like a YouTube. At, at that point, I'm now like paying for the experience of having friends over, watching a movie together, being able to chat, uh, you know, after, which is, is sort of commes- more commensurate with the um, cinema experience, yeah. so to speak. Um, and I'm just paying a cheaper, you know, fee to do it. Um, but if I'm talking about like seeing it home and I can either jump onto my Netflix account or I can pay $30 f- to watch, you know, Black Widow, um, you know, a couple months early. $30, I'm just specifically for that price tag. It doesn't really... So Too much to convince me. Right, so yeah, it would take a hell of a film to... Um, a hell of a film, and I would probably have to watch it with other people. Speaking of a hell of a film, imagine if all of this shit happened last year with the, the, the year Hollywood oh had. God, like, if, if Endgame got embroiled in this stuff. Dragon Foggy is just sitting there being like, holy shit, just thank like, God it's beginning of phase four that okay. this has really kicked off. Mm. Thank you, Thanos. Yeah, no, it, well, it, just to cycle back, I, I think that's another reason that they're definitely going to stream Black Widow because they can only push it so far before they're cutting into their other Marvel movies, which, you know, exactly, the MCU right? is like episodes of television. Mm-hmm. They can't, they push one thing back, everything's going to And I reckon back. that's why they've held out where they have so far because they're obviously really strategic in the way that they kind of position their, you know, sometimes to the detriment, I think, but like obviously there is a plan that is in place in order to kind of make everything fit together you know, fit well. And obviously when something like that gets disrupted, as we've seen with, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy getting pushed out, there seems to be some disconnect now with the new Thor film. 
Um, and, you know, they're going to have to probably re rewrite that and then like figure out how they're going to do, you know, the Guardians in a different time slot. Like it, it, it really fucks up their, their overall storytelling. Mm. I have a question for you guys. Out of all, the remainder of films that are to come out in 2020, how many of those films percentage-wise do you think are going to be disrupted? Do you think it's 20%? You think it's fifty percent? Seventy five. Eighty percent. Yeah. 100%. Do you think? And then also on that, do you think what percentage of content that was supposed to come out this year do you think is not going to go come out this year? Do you think we're going to get half of it missing? Do you think, you know? Um. So I think that in turn, oh, yeah, it's real tough. Um. F nine. They specifically said they're pushing back by a year. They didn't give a release date, but they said they're pushing back by a year. A which year. Is huge. Oh wow. Fuck. Yeah. Um, like that that changes the whole franchise. Look, I say this with little to no actual medical knowledge or or anything like that, but from what I've kind of, you know, been seeing experts saying is that the actual like danger of the virus is going to peak around what like September-ish, maybe? Probably a little bit earlier than that. Um, in terms of the like, the most people infected when it's, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then after that, it's it's less about the, you know, social dis distancing and, and the danger of the virus and more about the economic fallout. So I think that in terms of release dates, post that time, we're probably going to be more or less on track. I mean, there's probably even be a time before that where, you know, most people will have had it or have it or something like that. And then that kind of social distancing doesn't really matter anymore. Again, I say with zero medical knowledge or expertise in the area. They're going to have to start running screenings for people who are all infected at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> like chicken in. box party or something like why that. Doesn't the, why, why don't we do a, like a screening, you know, like Dawn of the Dead, Contagion. Contagion, yeah. 20 yeah. days later. Sick. Um, so I think they're going to try and slide everything back uh, into normality as fast as they can that's why i think you know only one movie had really delayed last week and then so many have fallen into line with that i think now we've got a couple movies heading to streaming i think next week if we're talking about this still which we will be i think a lot more v more movies will be doing that mm. um just to kind of keep these release dates because franchises these are all franchises are also important to keep their their dates uh, to keep in line with the future plans um I, I really think they're going to try and make this as neat as possible. And if that means just streaming releases for the rest of this year, it could be it. I, I honestly think this is going to be a huge paradigm shift. I think box office numbers are going to dwindle um, post all of this uh, self-containment and isolation. Crazy times. Crazy, crazy times. Crazy times. Did we want to talk anything more about coronavirus? Because we've got a couple other quick headlines to touch upon. Mm. I think we, we 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 covered it. Coronavirus is done. We've, Forever. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> we've solved all anything. your information that you need is here. Listening to this podcast is the only cure. Oh, not a doctor. <laughs> uh, um. All right. So on to actual movie news. We actually got some movie news this week. Wow. Which, um, and I got to say, I think it's fucking fantastic news. Um, Karen Kusama has signed on to direct Dracula for Universal. So obviously following the success of The Invisible Man, the runaway success, critically and commercially, um, Universal is following this system of getting a great company such as Blumhouse to pair with a fantastic creator such as Lee Whannell or Karen Kusama to hopefully make a great film. 
Uh, and Karen Kosawa did The Invitation, amongst other things. And I, I, you recommended The Invitation for the longest time. And mm. uh, it's just a fantastic film. It's one of my favorites ever. She fits the mold for Blumhouse perfectly, I feel, yep. with... She does still have a commercial vibe to her films, but it has the indie um, uh, art house mm. stripped back kind of um, vibe. She she's really fantastic. I'd like I need to check out some more of her stuff. But um, it's interesting. You know, we talked about Invisible Man a bit earlier. Invisible Man again. I think they really have the formula sorted out on this. Uh, I cannot wait to see where this goes. But you know, my only my I'm sorry to bring back coronavirus into this but i hope that um you know a lot of these companies a24 blumhouse you know they've got a certain way of doing things mm. and i hope that they can make sure that they can move to the streaming um distribution models and still retain that level of quality because there's going to be some hurdles there that they're going to, have to figure out yeah they're an extremely successful and extremely well-known brand but they are still a smaller production company um very much so, so with the formula you know, there, mm. there's a way to release films and there's a way to do it. Obviously, there's going to be a little creative decisions each time and the budget's going to change and mm. stuff, but there's a way to do things. And once that model is no longer applicable, well, you know, things can change pretty fucking fast. Well, I mean, look at Rami. That that was a streaming service thing produced by A24. So I think that, you know, they obviously know how to engage with the channel. Yeah, cool. Um, You know, I think, and then, look, I would be really shocked. I'd be very surprised if... Most, if not all, of those kind of production companies don't have at least or have not looked at some form of streaming channel, whether it's you know through a third party like Netflix or Hulu or or Stan or whether they're you know looking to you know do their own. Yeah, it's where this has all been headed. Yeah, um, this and is I mean, just kind what, of speeding up what A twenty four already has a, a a contract with Apple. Apple. Yeah, so I think they're. I mean, in terms of that safety, sorted. I'm pretty sure a24 is all right um but i do take your point about like the smaller production companies maybe that that are, are maybe that don't have that kind of clout or whatever might might struggle um so dracula is one of the very few novels i've actually read in my lifetime <laughs> and i have very fond memories of it um do you guys give a shit at all about dracula um, first question i guess look quick yes or no yeah i, I wish i did yeah yeah um do you guys have any idea of where you would like to see this taken for this film because invisible man was obviously a huge reinvention um taking basically only the name from the original hg wells story um and very little from the movies along the way would you like to see them do something more traditional classic because i was saying this about I, I, this may not have even been on the podcast but i was talking about the frankenstein movies and how there hasn't really been a super faithful great adaptation of frankenstein yet so i would like to see that happen and i, I think the same can kind of be said of dracula there was the Gary Oldman, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think that was in the 90s. Um, I don't know if you guys seen that one. That was kind of faithful, but it also had Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker, which sucked balls. <laughs> I think you need to make it of this era. Mm -hmm. So similarly to Invisible Man, I would change things up a lot. I had, for the longest time, I was writing this vampire script and it was mm -hmm. a very like real take on vampirism. And, you know, vampirism pre- Nosferatu and whatnot was much more like a, a like 18th century vampirism was much more like zombies coming out of the grave and I sort of took influence from that type of vampire with more of the traditional or the sort of the quote-unquote typical vampire I want to suck your blood like that kind of stuff um 
uh, maybe not that cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like with with her vision, Jason Blum and the team, like I feel like a, a bit more of a realistic take, you mm. know, mold it for 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 twenty twenty because, um, yeah, if it's a classic mm. and like. I think I think it's got to feel now. I think it's got to feel current. Yeah, I I, I definitely have faith in them because the invitation, seemingly very far removed from Dracula as it is, um, still has the the vibe of you know this kind of like classy formal situation that something's not right about. Um, Grotesque with all these people, it. yeah, who you're not sure if they're actually fucking monsters or not, and what's going to happen. Which I think could definitely you could play around with Dracula mm, for. That would be really cool. Mm. I am. Um... I'm trying to think about what style I would like this in, and I'm not entirely sure. I think that I'm trying to think of all the different adaptations of vampires that I have enjoyed in the last few years. And you're a big Twihard, remember? Yep that that's me. Um, Team Jacob. No, do you, what, what came yeah. to mind? That's hot. There was a ooh. Uh, there was a <laughs> couple of um, things that came to mind. One was uh, the depiction in um, uh, the Witcher game series, actually, which I thought had a really cool. Um, take on it that there was like lesser and higher vampires and that, you know, there was these kind of like actual monsters and then there was, you know, these ones that were like, you know, superhuman and, and had re- really strict codes and are very ancient and are very kind of like the the more typical, almost not, not uh, you know, vampire that we would think about today. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned that I had also just recently watched Castlevania and I really love the depiction in there. Um, you know, somewhat similar. Um, but I feel as though when it comes to Blumhouse, I don't want them to do what I want or I don't want them to do, you know, what, what is expected. Think, yeah. yeah, I kind of want them to have the creative license to do something interesting. Mm. Um, and you know what? Maybe I'll dig it. Maybe I won't. Um, I don't want them to do something too realistic. Because I feel like that might take some of the fun out of a vampire film. Um, but then, you know, like I just said, you know, uh, I want them to have that kind of creative license. So, Leave I, I, I'm, hands. I'm, I'm very excited to have that kind of property tackled by them. Yeah, why um, do I even ask the dumb question? Like, we're going to crack this. Leave it yeah. to the experts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just in, in terms of like Blumhouse is, you know, is obviously doing something right in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and they have consistently you know provided me with top-notch shit so who am i to kind of go and say like oh you know i i, want, I need them to do this or that connor start comes storming into the set <laughs> yeah like, mother nah, fuckers i'm not having another bar of that mate hang on i've just thought of a billion dollar idea for him Oof. um count dracula except it's modern day okay oh and he's like hunting elizabeth moss Oh, and every movie, I every monster movie is there. just Elizabeth Moss versus a monster. <laughs> yeah, they, they've quite specifically said that they're not gonna they're not gonna have like a share universe that like they're, bloody god. They're um again that was from that producer roundtable and they asked her, like, oh, you know, obviously your share universe didn't work out too well. And she goes, Ah, well, yes, yeah, we did, we had some yeah. issues. Can I just but, say, um and I've actually been mentioned this on the on the podcast before. I spent all day today playing the video game adaptation of the Tom Cruise mummy movie. Sorry, you've mentioned this before? Yeah, the, the Mummy Demastered, it's called. It's by WayForward, which is this amazing little indie video game company who make really cool kind of throwback Metroidvania games. Okay. And for some reason, I have no idea why, Universal Interactive obviously got them on board, a really great critically acclaimed com- company, 
to make this completely um, unmarketable game tie-in to this movie everyone hated. <laughs> so they've put all this work into this fantastic game that just has this name that makes it Poison. Um, and it's brilliant. It is so, so good. For real? Yeah. Is it Metroidvania style? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's like Super Metroid. It's so, so fucking cool. hard. It is fantastic. <laughs> and it has this amazing- That's perfect for you. Like 16-bit soundtrack. How um, weird. It is so, so good. I Look up some footage of it. I know you're never going to play it, but is it's- there, yeah. like, Was there it's, any like- It's on Switch. It. Is there any clear reason as to why they did that? Like, is there like a was connection? It like, it's one of those things, you know- What year the, was the mummy? Like, isn't, isn't that like- Was it 2017? 2017? No, I mean, 2017? Like, what, what year is it set? Is, it's a movie tie-in. It's the, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's now, It's essentially it? the plot of the movie is happening, yeah, except you're playing a grunt for the that company or the- the organization. No, sorry. I mean, like, Pro. I mean, what what's the tie into that style of game, right? Like, what's the? I was trying to think, like, if you're doing the six, uh, you know, sixteen bit soundtrack, is it, like, I was trying to think about the movie. Like, was it set in the eighties or something? Like, I'm just trying to figure that. No, it's just it's just like a sixteen bit game. That's, just, like that's what Way Forward kind of makes. Oh, oh, that's spectacular! I kind of love it. It's completely random, makes no sense, but yeah. I kind of love it. Sorry to get so off topic, but just if you have any interest in Metroidvania, that game is so fucking good. It's on Twitch right now. So on on Switch, mm. okay, on Steam, <laughs> he's definitely not going to do Switch. it. On Switch, it's on the Switch. Um, yeah, it's like on the Switch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can I can get it if on I the, if I were to go now. Non Bumbo. So I just create an account. I just download it, right? Yeah, cool. Hit the download button. Where do I put the money into the machine? Does it take cash? All right. Let's finish off on a on a dour note. Okay, um, we have a we have a trailer for Pixar's Soul. Um, this is the I think we had a teaser before this. This is a full trailer. Here's my yep. prediction: Connor's gonna have loved this trailer. Yep. Uh, Are we right or not? I mean, <laughs> love is very strong. I, I, I you know I like the trailer. Hmm. Um, there are a couple of things like it. It looks a bit derivative of Inside Out, Coco, um, and Coco. Mm. Inside Out in the animation style. Coco in the afterlife, afterlife exploration stick thing. Um, so that kind of weirds me out. Um, I've always really liked Pixar for its original stories and its kind of unique takes on things. And this just it's derivative of its of its own original, you know, stuff, but still somewhat derivative. It seems it, too much like a clear amalgamation of the two to me. Yeah, it seems unimpressive, and I think, uh, yeah, off your point, they're so great at the original concepts. Even Brave, you know, as much as I'll give that movie shit, at least it feels uh, different from everything else. Yeah, because it feels worse than every other Pixar movie. <laughs> I don't know, orange bouncy hair. I don't know. It's something new in this one. Like George what loves is his really wigs. new in this one. Um, I was, I was just so disengaged with this trailer. I mean, look. I say visually, it's doing a lot different. It's a lot more stylized than I think any other Pixar film has been. Yeah, well, that's probably true. There's like a lot of interesting kind of two D stuff happening. Yep. Yep. Um, I because I that, was thinking that was actually when I was enjoying that trailer the most was when they were kind of you know playing with playing textures. around with the form and stuff. Yeah. Because I, I was, I was cool. thinking yeah. at the start of the trailer in a post Spider Verse world, I'm I'm really getting sick of these huge powerful animation companies not utilizing the form to its maximum mm. capabilities. Like you can do literally anything yeah. with animation and Pixar just insists on making more and more grotesquely realistic textures on 
really bizarre caricatured looking humans uh, um which uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of this this was one of the first ones of theirs i've really been like oh man everything looks so realistic but everyone looks like an absolute freak yeah. <laughs> like a cartoon <laughs> character with real skin it's yeah. like Ugh. but um then it kind of went off to some, some more interesting yeah. areas which is interesting I, I, the whole time i was watching it i was like this is really disengaging but i think it's a challenge to put this film into a trailer so i think the overall presentation in the film is going to be great mm. you know sometimes uh, I, I can't remember. You know, maybe there are some good Pixar trailers, but um, hard to sometimes distill a film down into into mm-hmm. a, a one and a half. You haven't minute. really liked a Pixar movie at all in the past while, eh? Twenty five years, well, man. Yeah. When, when, <laughs> what was the last Pixar film that you really dug? That you were like, "This is Pixar firing at what Pixar should be firing at." Because I thought Inside Out was potentially I their I, best. I, I thought it was a masterpiece. I didn't love it. Mm. Could have even been Up, man. And like, I wonder if if I, I rewatched Up. up would I be that amped on it? I think Wally. That's mm. that's probably my favorite. Mm. So maybe what was that? Two thousand six. Been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> well, there we have it, folks. The coronavirus special edition. <laughs> it's got him <laughs> all done. <laughs> What's that movie that that he starts talking and then he goes real low? I think it's Shaun of the Dead. Where he's just like, I couldn't possibly have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, just quickly on Candyman. I know this is a tangent going back all the way to the beginning. Oh, no, full circle. How it's good. many yeah. fake jump scares were in that movie? I think there was more fake jump scares than jump scares. So I've got a really interesting article I can send you. There is literally a jump scare in this film, the cheapest variety of a dog just like jumping up at a window. <laughs> and it's like actually like just really intense and shocking. That's actually from the book. That is played out bit by bit from the book. For real? Yeah. Like apparently this is, is a really as, is, is it as scary in the book? It's like oh god, dog. I don't read so like, they, they they turn the page and it's just a picture <laughs> yeah. of a dog on a window. <laughs> it's a little sound chip that barks at you. Yeah, um, yeah, because I thought it was interesting that it had kind of for for a seemingly very kind of interesting and cerebral film. It was interesting that it had these cheap jump scares in it. Yeah, that are apparently quite faithful to the book. Yeah, and the one where the guy just dives outside in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Sorry, Excellent. I just had to bring film. it up. I, I, I just, just love that kind of thing. I just kind of want to. I, I just want to. <laughs> I know we're we're past this, but I did want to like check with you what your last um, kind of good Pixar film was. Mm. I'm just going to run through it. I want you to yep. give me the yay or nay. This is this hasn't come out yet, but you're pretty. So you're going from the, the most latest, recent. Yeah, yeah. So um, onward, you're kind of more negative. You haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. But you're you weren't wildly impressed with the trailers, were you? Yeah. Well. Okay. So Incredibles mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I Toy Story Four hated that. Aren't you going backwards? Um. Oh yeah. Sorry. Toy Story Four. No. <laughs> hated. Hated. Uh, Incredibles Two. Hated. hated. Coco. Oh, that was that was good, but oh, not, not like great. Pixar. Pixar. Right. All right. Uh, Cars Three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finding Dory. Oh. Hated. One of the worst. <laughs> oh, God. Finding right. Dory. Fuck. The Good Dinosaur. I still need to see that one. I think oh, I will like so that one. Good. I re- yeah. No, we set it up too high. Everyone hated the good dinosaur. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't well, mind hyping like that movie up because I don't hate. think anyone's actually going to go see it. And anyone that's already seen it hated it. So fuck you. So I don't give a shit. So. We're pulling a scam. We haven't seen it either, but we yeah. know no one else has. So we're like, it's actually really good. <laughs> we're really hedging our bets at the um, Inside Out. No. Monsters University. No. Brave. No. Cars 2. No. Toy Story 3. Oh, Toy Story 3. There we have it. That's like a Pixar level good. And nine? I don't, I don't even know. It doesn't no. have the dates here. That'd be 2011 or 13. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh my goodness. That is like... There we have it. I feel bad for you. I feel great. I, I just said like a 
few fairly decent films and some really good ones as well. Yeah. I liked several of those. I hated several of those. Which <laughs> ones did you hate? Um, pretty much the sequel ones. Monsters University has actually kind of grown on me in the years since I've seen it without having seen <laughs> without it. Without having seen it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Finding Dory, you hated then? Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mind Finding Dory. I didn't like it that very much. That was horrible. Though. I don't understand what was so horrible about it. Driving around in the truck at the end? I mean, come on, dude. Granted, I have not come seen on, this dude. in a very long time. but That's very interesting. Because I, I really enjoyed Coco. You don't want to go home today, do you? <laughs> All right, BP Watchy boy. We're getting out of here. Go check our Bloodshot review. We'll be back next week with the with the new naming convention. Tell us if you like it. Send we might a, be back next week. Send us a question. Uh, let us know what you want us to watch. You know, anything. Because there's no movies this there's year. No, there's, <laughs> there's no more movies. <laughs> the cinema's wiped out. Send so. us like recommendations for movies Please. that you probably haven't seen. We'll be back next time with Connor. Bye. Benny. Say your boy. Bye.